Hello and welcome to Fantasy Baseball Picks and Bets presented by Prize Picks on the Mayo Media Network. I am Gary and Thorne, and we are breaking down everything you need to know for Wednesday, April the 7th in the fantasy baseball world. And the first thing you have to know is it is an early, early day on Wednesday. In fact, the 10 game featured slate over on DraftKings kicks off at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. So you're going to have to get those lineups set very, very early. But before we get into the drafts, the DraftKings, excuse me, side of things, let's talk about prize picks. First and foremost, if you go over to prizepicks.com right now, the presenting sponsor of this show, you can have your first deposit matched up to $100 when you use the promo code MMN. MLB. So make sure you go do that. And once you've done that, you can play a couple of my favorite plays on Wednesday's slate. And I'm going to get things started with Ronald Acuna Jr., who I like to go over seven fantasy points in his matchup with Eric Fetty of Washington on Wednesday. To be perfectly honest, I just don't have a lot of faith in Fetty as a pitcher. If you just want to use last season's small sample size stats, he gave up 2.3 home runs per nine to right-handed batters, and Acuna is obviously one of the best right-handed batters in all of baseball. Someone who just on Tuesday took Max Scherzer deep twice. So you know what can happen when Ronald Acuna gets in a little bit of a hot streak and starts seeing the baseball really, really well. But on top of that, you go back through Fetty's career. He's got a FIP up above 5.60. His expected ERA for his career, which is about 200 innings at this point, uh, it's up around six. This is just not someone who has performed well at the major league level. So I think that number is pretty low for Acuna in what should be considered a very, very good matchup and maybe even a matchup where he gets uh, five plate appearances. I also want to go under with Anthony Rizzo. Uh, His fantasy point prop is set at six six and a half. I'm almost doing this just to appease the chat a little bit. I know uh, we had a couple comments on the video yesterday uh, asking me if I ever take unders on prize picks. I will say, generally speaking, uh, it's kind of my job to search out players that people want to play on fantasy slates, Uh, not necessarily people or players people don't want to play. So maybe I will lean a little bit more heavily towards the overs than the unders, but let's rock it under here with Anthony Rizzo going up against the Brewers and Brandon Woodruff, uh, who I do like to bounce back in his second start of the season. But in particular, when it comes to Rizzo, Uh, This is someone who did not look comfortable at the plate in all of 2020, and things have not gotten better through the first week of 2021. In fact, after the Cubs lost 4-0 to the Brewers on Tuesday, through 20 plate appearances so far this season, Anthony Rizzo is slashing 125, 250, 188, a 188 slugging percentage for Anthony Rizzo. Obviously, that's going to get better at some point. These are still very small samples, but it's clear Rizzo is not really feeling himself right now. He's not looking great at the plate, and it's a tough matchup on Wednesday against Brandon Woodruff. I know he got hit around a little bit by the Twins on opening day, but last season, Woodruff was 90th percentile or better in both expected ERA and expected opponent Woba. This is someone who can really really pitch 
Uh, and I think, as I said before, he turns it around. We'll get back to Woodruff, actually, in just a second. So, once again, on prize picks, I like Ronald Acuna to go over seven fantasy points, and I like Anthony Rizzo to go under six and a half fantasy points. Promo code MMNMLB to get that first deposit match bonus. So, go do that at prize picks. Once you've done that, Head on over to DraftKings, and we'll talk about this 10-game featured slate that, again, kicks off at 1 in the afternoon Eastern time. So get those lineups in now. Um, It's an interesting slate, to be sure. Uh, We've got a lot of aces on this slate. The pitching is stacked, so much so that while there's some amazing uh, arms at the top of this slate, I mean, you've got, you know, the Blake Snells of the world, et cetera, et cetera, Shane Bieber. Uh, in a really good matchup. Obviously, those guys are tantalizing and enticing, but there's so many good pitchers at the top, I think there's just obvious value in the mid-tier, and I think that's what I want to exploit on this slate. So let's look at three guys for less than $8,000 who are either in great matchups or are just great pitchers who you can never find at prices this low. And I think the poster boy for this is Jack Flaherty. Understandably, people are a little out on Jack Flaherty right now. He had a bad first start of the season, and that was following an underwhelming uh, 2020 season. Although, can you really blame the guy, uh, considering what the Cardinals went through in the first half of that 2020 season? Really messed things up for Jack Flaherty and all their pitchers. But, you know, in that start last week... His, his fastball velocity was fine. It wasn't like there was anything physical that was a really big red flag. He just pitched poorly against the Reds. And I think the Reds have kind of been showing themselves to be one of the better offenses in baseball uh, through the first week of the season. So maybe it's not even that bad a blemish uh, in the grand scheme of things. But Flaherty comes in at $7,800. He gets the Miami Marlins who aside from one really nice game against the Rays where they scored, I think it was 11 or 12 runs, uh, they have not done a whole lot, which makes sense. Fangraphs coming in to the 2021 season had the Marlins averaging the second fewest runs per game in their projection system for 2021. So this is not an offense that I think we have to fear necessarily. And I think Flaherty's going to have a really nice bounce back game, especially considering some of the nice things he was able to do in that poor start against the Reds on Thursday. Finished with a 14.9% swinging strike rate, so the stuff is still good. It still plays. He's still going to rack up the strikeouts. He's going to work deeper into this game. It's going to be a better start, especially against a Marlins offense that through their first four games had just a 129 ISO, uh, just a 299 team on base percentage. Again, these guys are not that good, and I think Flaherty, should be priced above $8,000, and getting him at 8-7, or excuse me, 7-8, is a situation that I want to take advantage of. Uh, Another guy who's very cheap, Hyunjin Ryu at $7,300. He's coming off a good start against the Yankees on opening day, Uh, struck out five opponents over five and a third innings, gave up just two earned runs. That was all on a Gary Sanchez home run. But this is a really nice matchup against the Rangers on Wednesday. The Rangers are one of those teams that they're they're just going to leave their left-handed bats in against left-handed pitching. And we saw this on Monday when Steven Matz of the Blue Jays was able to dominate this Rangers lineup. But you're going to get Joey Gallo and David Dahl and Nate Lowe uh, 
And maybe, maybe Brock Holt is a fourth lefty in there, although Holt did have to leave Tuesday's game in the eighth inning uh, with what appeared to be a leg injury. So we'll kind of have to monitor that. But there's going to be a lot of left-handed bats in this Rangers lineup uh, to face Hyunjin Ryu. And if they're not in there, that means there are much worse right-handed batters replacing them. So that also is a good scenario for Ryu. But going back to the start of 2019 and carrying it across 2020, Ryu has faced 229 left-handed batters. And in that span, he's allowed just a 231 opponent Woba, which is the lowest mark among any pitcher to throw 60 innings worth of plate appearances against left-handed batters in that two-year span. So he's essentially the best guy to be facing left-handed hitters, and Texas has a lot of them. So I think Ryu is in a really nice spot. And then on top of that, you know, he's not someone we really consider to be a strikeout pitcher, despite the fact that he struck out over a batter per inning in 2020, and it wasn't the first time in his career he's done that. But Texas has struck out 30% of the time uh, through its first four games. So that really just elevates the ceiling of someone like Ryu, who we generally consider to be a floor-type pitcher. And then somebody I've already mentioned uh, in this video, but Brandon Woodruff comes in at 7-2. I thought Woodruff was cheap on opening day. He is somehow less expensive in his second start of the season. 7-2 is actually the cheapest we've seen him uh, in a long time. He was never this inexpensive during the 2020 season when he was having a breakout campaign. So this is just way, way too cheap for someone with the strikeout upside of Woodruff, uh, basically hovering around the 30% strikeout rate across his last three seasons. And the Cubs have just been pitiful on offense. I mean, the narrative heading into 2021 was there are so many Cubs bats that are set to normalize after having terrible 2020 seasons it hasn't started happening yet. I mentioned Anthony Rizzo. He is not alone. No one on the Cubs is hitting right now and coming into Tuesday's game against the Brewers. Again, a game they got shut out and lost uh, to Freddie Peralta and the Brewers. The team was batting just 153. It's not going to be any better heading into Wednesday's game. So I think this is a really nice matchup to take advantage of. And when I look at Woodruff, again, the upside is super high. He's someone who was 90th percentile, expected ERA, expected Woba in 2020. He's a very, very good pitcher, and he's someone who I think will bounce back on this Wednesday slate. So again, while you can attack the top here with these pitchers, I think really finding value in this mid-tier, this $7,000 to $8,000 range, there's just a lot of names that are really, really good. Heck, even like... Jesus Lazardo is the second le second cheapest pitcher on this slate. It's an awful matchup against the Dodgers, granted, but that's the kind of slate we're dealing with. There's a lot of good names here. So I think taking advantage of the mid-tier guys is important because you're going to need money with the bats and the positional players because I don't think there's like an obvious cheap stack to run to. I think you're going to have to use some really good offenses and exploit them. And guess what? Really good offenses cost a lot of money. If you want to use the Blue Jays against Kyle Gibson, their prices have been elevated substantially from Tuesday's slate to Wednesday's slate. All there is, you know, some value, maybe like a Rowdy Telez or someone like that. But again, you're going to have to pay up. And 
again, there's there's no better example than the Chicago White Sox, who are one of the teams in a very, very good spot. And one of the reasons for that is they're not facing an ace because Seattle is going with a six-man rotation, uh, although might not be the case after James Paxton left Tuesday's start with a trainer. We'll see how that kind of develops. But right now they're using six starters, and Justin Dunn is their sixth starter. And there's a reason Justin Dunn is their sixth starter. This is someone who last season was bottom two percentile in opponent exit velocity. Uh, he gives up so much hard contact, or at least he did last season. He was also bottom 11 percentile in expected WOBA for opponents at 369. So people have been able to hit off Justin Dunn. And, you know, you're, you're pretty much focusing on your usual players here when it comes to the White Sox. Um, if you can afford Luis Robert, cool. That's great. Yasmani Grandal, also great. Um, even someone... I would say like Jose Abreu, although you love getting him against a lefty as opposed to a righty. He's obviously in a fantastic matchup. There's a reason he's the reigning American League MVP. However, two guys I really, really like. Yoan Mancata, who I've talked about before. He is someone who you always prefer it when he is a left-handed bat as opposed to a right-handed bat. The power has been much, much better throughout his career when he faces right-handed pitching. And Adam Eaton is kind of a sneaky name to watch for on this slate. If Tim Anderson is unable to play as he's been unable to the past couple of games dealing with his in, with his injury, Adam Eaton hit leadoff on Tuesday for the White Sox. He's only $4,000 in a nice left-on-right matchup. Um, looks really nice, especially considering Justin Dunn last season gave up 2.3 home runs per nine to left-handed batters. So I think that is a situation you can definitely exploit. And Adam Eaton is a nice way to get a high leverage piece at an affordable price in what is otherwise a very, very expensive stack. Um, Also want to say before we get to the bets, a couple news and notes things around baseball. Uh, I mentioned James Paxton left his start on Tuesday uh, against the White Sox. Obviously has a very, very long history with injuries. You you hope for the best with Paxton. Apparently he's a really nice guy. But the nice thing that this could create, I mean, I, I have mentioned that Seattle's been using a six-man rotation. They might be content to just bump that down to a five-man rotation. However, if they are not, we could see Logan Gilbert get called up. And that would be huge because Logan Gilbert is one of the best pitching prospects in all of baseball. And uh, definitely some exciting stuff. So maybe that's more of a season-long thing. Uh, You can stash him, possibly, right now if you've got the roster space to do so. Um, We know Seattle is going to manipulate as much as they can manipulate. But uh, Logan Gilbert is definitely someone who will have a fantasy impact when he gets called up. Also wanted to mention Fernando Tatis Jr. uh, did undergo an MRI on Tuesday. Uh, He is going to have to go on the IL with a shoulder injury, but it seems like he's avoiding surgery. Uh, And, you know, the rumors were if he was going to have to undergo surgery, it was going to be season-ending surgery. Uh, So it is great news to hear that he might only miss, you know, two or three weeks with this shoulder injury. Definitely looked really bad when it happened. Uh, One thing to keep an eye on because of this, Jake Cronenworth probably going to bat a lot of leadoff for the Padres, especially when they draw right-handed pitching opponents. Uh, He's been pretty cheap on DraftKings, so uh, an area you can maybe go for the next couple slates. And then Haseon Kim, former KBO star, is going to be playing shortstop. And on Tuesday's slate, he was just $2,700. So he's going to be someone batting sixth or seventh in that Padres lineup. Again, not exactly ideal. 
However, a very cheap bat and a cheap way to get some exposure to a Padres team that is going to consistently have high implied run totals. Okay, before we get out of here, want to quickly talk about some bets for Wednesday's slate. Uh, the one I like the most is the Phillies as home favorites against the Mets. Uh, right now, Aaron Nola and the Phillies are minus 157 on the money line on DraftKings Sportsbook. I've seen it a little bit lower at some other books, so maybe you can shop around with that one a little bit. But either way, this is a bet I definitely like on the money line. The Phillies last season against left-handed pitching. David Peterson, uh, who's the expected starter for the Mets in this game, a left-handed pitcher. They were top five in isolated power and WOBA against lefties, and Peterson has proven to be nothing all that special. Uh, pitched about 50 innings last season, had a 5.11 xFIP, and also walked about 12% of the batters he faced last year. So he is someone who, if he gives you a couple free passes, uh, he generally keeps the ball on the ground, but one or two swings could change the outcome of this game in a big way. And Aaron Nola uh, coming off a great opening day start. I've got a lot of faith in him. So I think the Phillies, uh, pretty short home favorites. I, I was expecting a lot a lot steeper line there. So uh, I will jump on the Phillies. I also really like Chicago against Justin Dunn. This is really just a play against Justin Dunn, who I don't think is anything special. Dallas Keuchel, also very good. So Chicago, minus 157 on the road as a favorite. I will take them as a short road favorite. Um, also, we'll say couldn't find a line on this yet, but Milwaukee, Chicago, really looking towards the under in that game. As I mentioned, Chicago's bats have been scuffling. I think Woodruff bounces back, and also Kyle Hendricks on the mound for the Cubs, easily uh, their most reliable starter. And the Brewers' offense has also not exactly been great so far this season. So uh, once that gets posted, I will definitely take a look at it. Um, and that's something that I am leaning towards as well. But that will do it for this episode of Fantasy Baseball Picks and Bets on the Mayo Media Network. Once again, we are presented by Prize Picks. Head over there, prizepicks.com. Use that promo code and start playing Prize Picks. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, I've really been playing it a lot so far in the first week of baseball season, and I am enjoying it. All right, guys, we will catch you later. Keep tuning into the Mayo Media Network for everything you need in the sporting world, particularly uh, Masters coverage for the next couple of days. But we will catch you next time.